Hello and again, welcome to the KCAST podcast. I'm Chris Eckenroth. Thanks so much for listening. Today, in our 13 Steps with Jesus, step number three, I want to change. When I was in grade school, every day for a week, the pastor came to our school. I remember sitting in the gymnasium on those metal chairs and Pastor Shaw told stories. Every day was a different story about Jesus. Oh, one day, Jesus uh, was uh, getting close to this town called Jericho, and there was a blind man sitting outside who began to cry out for Jesus to help him. And of course, Jesus made the difference in his life. I remember another story where Jesus was summoned to, to make judgment in the life of a woman who was caught in adultery and how Jesus stood up for her. On and on and on, Pastor Shaw told stories about Jesus. I began to hear and see Jesus in a way that I'd never heard or seen before. And there was this thing on my heart. As a result of there was this longing on my heart for a different life. Even as a kid, nine years old, that I I wanted this Jesus in my life as the Lord of my life. That resulted as a result of Pastor Shaw just sharing stories about Jesus. Glimpses, rays of light from heaven in Jesus. It's the same reason today. By the grace of God that I, with everything I have, try to spend time with him every day, opening my Bible, praying for one thing, that I would get a glimpse again of this same Jesus, a ray of light from heaven. I love what it says in this book, Steps to Christ. It says, one ray of the glory of God in Jesus penetrates the heart. Every spot is made painfully distinct. It is in that moment that the mystery of redemption begins to unfold. Why? Because all of a sudden we see that we have a great need. We begin to comprehend something of the sacrifice of Jesus in response to that need. And we say, wait a second, was all of this that I see and understand from the cross, was all of this that Jesus did, his love, his suffering, his humiliation, demanded that I might not perish, but that I might have eternal life? It is in then, it is then at that moment that the goodness of God in Jesus through the cross, is revealed. And it leads us to a point, it leads us to a desire, a longing, if we are open to it, to change. If you're listening today and in heart long for something better than the world can give, please recognize this longing on your heart, in your life, as the voice of God pleading with your soul. Today, in our Bible story, the character feels that same longing in his heart. It's found in Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. Here's what it says. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a, key word, chief tax collector. And he was rich. Well, being a tax collector, Zacchaeus had made himself rich by taking more than he was supposed to from people, and no doubt that hurt the people of Jericho. Maybe some people weren't able to pay rent, 
Why? Because Zacchaeus took more than he was supposed to. Whatever the example might be, Zacchaeus hurt a lot of people in Jericho. Let me ask you a question. I already know the answer, so it's a bit rhetorical. Have you ever been hurt by somebody? Has somebody ever done something that hurt you? Of course, I know the answer to that. I think the challenge for me is, you know, obviously, whenever I consider that question, examples begin to come to mind of people and situations and moments, and maybe my blood pressure goes up as I think about it. Maybe I should flip that around and ask the question, have I ever hurt somebody else? What have I done that hurt somebody else? Well, as we just consider that question and those scenarios come to mind, maybe consider this. Could it be, could it be that maybe Jesus allowed you to be stepped on, to to be hurt by somebody else, that he might use that situation to help them later see him? Maybe it's even hurtful for me to ask that question. Uh, You might say, you don't understand, Chris. That person walked all over me. Well, Bridges are like that. And in fact, that's why they're called stepladders. It's not to minimize your hurt. It's not to minimize your pain. But could it be that Jesus is actually going to use what what Satan meant for evil and for bad? Could it be that he might even use it as a bridge, as a stepladder, that that person who we, man, just even thinking about them gets me upset. Maybe he might use the worst to cause salvation to come into their life. Something to consider. Verse 3, and he's sought to see who Jesus was. Of course, it's Zacchaeus seeking to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. I guess one of the questions for me is, why would Zacchaeus want to see Jesus? What, What was it? Was it just curiosity? Was it because there was a big crowd? What was it? Well, Zacchaeus had heard of Jesus. He had heard about the preaching, the teaching, the healing of Jesus, how Jesus was going around making a difference in the lives of people. Pause. Wherever you are, whoever you are, Jesus can be the difference in your life. Zacchaeus had a longing that maybe, just maybe, this Jesus could do that for him too. Zacchaeus had heard that this Jesus even had a former tax collector on his team, Levi Matthew. It was not only that, but he had heard about this preacher just several miles outside of Jericho by the name of John the Baptist, who had preached even a message to tax collectors saying, in Luke 3.13, collect no more than what is appointed for you. It's amazing how the Lord used the words of John the Baptist to cut to the heart of Zacchaeus. Those words, collect no more than you're supposed to. It was these words, this statement that awakened in Zacchaeus a longing, a desire for a different life. Verse 4, so he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. So Zacchaeus, you can see, you can imagine at least, Zacchaeus is too short. Nobody is giving up their space in the parade line so that Zacchaeus can see Jesus. Remember, he's hurt all of them. Nobody is wanting to be the bridge. Nobody is wanting to be the stepladder. He has stepped on us enough. So we can't see him. 
So Zacchaeus sees a tree, an idea, maybe it's a Holy Spirit-derived idea. Ah, if I climb the tree, it's just high enough. He's going to pass underneath it. I'll be able to see him. So he runs and he climbs up the tree to see Jesus. The Bible says, for he was going to pass that way. Verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. Please understand, no matter where you are in life, Jesus sees you. Bible goes on to say, and Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus. Pause. Jesus knew his name. This is a miracle. It is only because of the power of Jesus, because Jesus knows everything, that he knows his name. No matter who you are, Jesus sees you, and he knows your name. In fact, as he's about to give a call to Zacchaeus, he has a calling on your life. Here's what he says to Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today, right now, I must stay at your house. Jesus has given himself an invitation to Zacchaeus' house. I'm coming. I know you didn't invite me, but I am coming to your house. This is shocking to everybody in town because Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. In their minds, chief tax collector, chief of sinners. He is the most unpopular guy in town. They're looking at Jesus, they're scratching their heads, and they're like, they're thinking to themselves, Zacchaeus should understand that he's not good enough for Jesus to come to his house. It begs the question, how many are there, even listening in this moment, who feel that they are not good enough to come to Jesus? I've got to get my life together first before I can come to Jesus. But in this scenario, we learn something. Because in the life of Zacchaeus, in this moment, Jesus acts as if Zacchaeus is the only one in Jericho. Jesus acts as if Zacchaeus is the most worthy person in all of Jericho. Jesus had accomplished a great work in Jericho before, years ago. You say, when? Don't you remember? Under Joshua, Israel surrounded Jericho, and what happened? They marched around those walls, and after seven days, the walls came a-tumbling down. Jesus had accomplished a great work in Jericho years ago, and he was about to accomplish another great victory again. He says, hurry up. Today, come on, let's go. My question is, well, what's the hurry? Why, why Why is there such a Why is this stat? Why is there such a rush on this? When we feel the longing in our lives for something the world can't give, when we feel the longing in our hearts for desire for a different life, especially in in response to seeing the love and experience the love of Jesus, we should recognize this as the voice of God calling to us, saying to us, hey, hurry up, come down. Because there is a terrible danger. There is a hurry. It is expedient. There should be a rush. Because there's a terrible danger in delaying uh, our yielding to the voice of God. Today, in this moment, if God is calling you, do not delay. What does the Bible say? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. The Bible says now is the time. Don't wait for a better moment. Don't wait for a better version of you. Jesus is calling you right now where you are. He's pleading with your heart. That book, Steps to Christ, says this, 
Christ is ready to set us free from sin now. In obedience, verse 6, So he, Zacchaeus, made haste and came down and received him, Jesus, joyfully. This one who was desiring for a better life that the world could not give. This one who thought himself, yes, I'm the chief. I'm so unworthy. Wait a second, Jesus sees me. Wait a second, Jesus knows my name. Wait a second, Jesus is coming to my house? This produced a joy in the heart of Zacchaeus. He received him joyfully. I don't know if he threw his arms around him or what it looked like, but there is joy in the heart of Zacchaeus. Verse 7, but when they saw it, that's the crowd, they complained. They complained. This is a joyful moment for all of us who are sinners, and yet they looked upon what is happening here. You're going to Zacchaeus' house? Do you know what he's done to us? They complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Wait a second. In Jericho, the chief tax collector was looked at as the chief sinner. But the Bible says something very interesting. It's Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Paul writes this. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul, you know Paul, right? Like amazing apostle, this guy that turned the world, through the power of God, turned the world upside down with the gospel, says, hey, me? Yeah, 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 me? I am the chief of sinners. The Bible says that if we have the mind of Christ, Philippians 2.13, that we will esteem others better than ourselves. In other words, we will see ourselves not as, as being less sinful as everyone else. No, we will see ourselves as the chief of sinners. We are as, as in need of Christ more than anybody else because that ray of light The cross shines into our lives and we see our own depravity. We see our shortcomings. We see our need of a Savior in Jesus. I don't know about you, but we love being number one. We love being the number one priority in Jesus' life. When we hear Jesus loves me, oh man, I love it. Yes, Jesus loves me. But we less readily accept the idea, the notion that we are the most needy candidate of his grace. You see right there in Jericho, yes, Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. He was a chief sinner, but so was everybody else in Jericho. They too were chiefs. They were upset and they complained that he was going to his house, but man, oh man, that's the joy about Jesus, the grace of Jesus. When we see ourselves as being the chief of sinners in great need, And all of a sudden, the experience of Zacchaeus becomes our experience because this same Jesus who called Zacchaeus down from a tree and says, I'm going to eat at your house, stands at the door of your life, your heart, even your house, and says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and what? Eat with him or her. 
Jesus is doing and offering the same thing to you and to me, to all of the chiefs who are sinners. As Zacchaeus came down from that tree, Jesus went up. Jesus said, if I be lifted up in John 12, I will draw all people unto me. As Zacchaeus came down, Jesus went up and Zacchaeus was drawn to Jesus. It is this moment that Jesus is revealed as his savior, the one who can make the difference, can answer the longing of his heart. You see, when Christ is revealed to the sinner as the savior dying for the sins of the world, as each of us behold the lamb of God upon the cross, suddenly the mystery begins to unfold of how we as sinners are restored in relationship with, with Almighty God, with, with righteous God. How is that? It is through the cross of Jesus Christ. And it is in that moment, as the veil is pulled back, that the goodness of God leads. The goodness of God leads us where? To step number three. I want to change. Another word for this word change is turn or repentance. Repentance leading to restoration, restoration leading to restored relationship. Verse 8, then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, I give half of all my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. The reality is if Zacchaeus did all this, which he definitely did, he would have nothing left. The only thing Zacchaeus would have left would be what Jesus had given him, salvation. Verse 9, and Jesus said to him, today, Zacchaeus, today, here in this moment, salvation has come to your house. Wow. It was Jesus that brought about the change in Zacchaeus' life. In response to the longing of his heart, Zacchaeus gave his life to Jesus in decided change, and Jesus was the power behind that decision. If Zacchaeus were to pray in that moment, I'd imagine it'd be like the prayer of David in Psalm 51, where he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, deliver me. This type of prayer is so interesting to me because that word create, in the context of praying to Jesus, the creator, in essence, is saying this, oh, Lord Jesus, as creator, go back to work on me. In Zacchaeus' life, there were decided changes. In true repentance, in true change, there are decided changes. That's part of true repentance. It's exactly what Jesus talked about when he talked about cutting off and casting away, cutting off the opportunity to return to whatever it was that has been binding us, that Satan has been holding us in. The fact of the matter is, a repentance such as this is beyond our power to accomplish. It is only from Jesus. Do not wait. Friend, do not wait. Decide now to take step number three with him in his strength. Let him cover you and ask him to give you repentance. Step number three, I want to change. Lord Jesus, give me repentance. This is the KCAST podcast. Thanks so much for listening.